Wow, that's what y'all watch every week. That's always to my back. That was uh, that's pretty amazing. I just had to kind of back off and watch it on the center screen. I enjoy that. Uh, tell you, I'm glad that you're here. This is our fifth week. One more week next weekend. You can imagine it's all about resurrection, and I'm going to be preaching on the voice from the resurrection. So that's next week. Today, I want to go to a passage that I've been intrigued with for my spiritual pilgrimage. It's the story of Samuel and him and Eli. It's, found, it's recorded in the third chapter, so if you have a copy of the scriptures you want to look on with somebody, 1 Samuel chapter 3 is where we're looking God's word today. But before I get there, I just want to set it up maybe this way because it's all about the voice in these days as we're talking about trying to hear the Lord. There was a television commercial several years ago. It was very, very popular. It was a, a financial group, and they came up with this commercial, and they had a, they had a slogan, and uh, basically it says, when E.F. Hutton speaks, when E.F. Hutton talks, people... Oh, you saw it, did you? Yeah, and, and, man, and, and everybody got familiar with that firm because that was a great slogan. It was a great mantra for business. And it's because, like, man, maybe they have something to offer, so when they spoke, people listened and you had good investments. I mean, uh, so I'm trying to talk to us about the ultimate source of wisdom. That's the Lord God Almighty. And when he speaks, do we listen? Oh, it'd be quick to say, oh, yeah, we, we listen. But the truth is, a lot of us, we don't listen. Or we, we listen at times, we don't at other times. But my question would be, God's speaking. Are you listening? God is speaking through creation. He is speaking through his word. God is speaking through the Holy Spirit. God is speaking through others. God is speaking. Do you believe me, church? He speaks. But the question comes back. But are you listening? And I have to ask myself, it's not to beat you up, but it's just that God is actually speaking to us all the time. I love this time of year. I don't particularly care for the pollen. Do I have a witness? You know, your, your cars turn different colors. They all get kind of yellow. And people that have moved here, they have horrible headaches, and people that have lived here all their life, sinuses and drainage, and what a pleasant thought on a Sunday morning. And there's that thing that we complain about, but let me tell you, friends, you ought to just praise God right now for the rain we've been having because it makes the pollen a lot less, doesn't it, church? And somebody said, hey, I found out what color my car was this week. It's not yellow. Okay. But right there at the very top of your notes, I put a, I put a statement from Charles Spurgeon, wise, wise preacher. Look at it in the box with me. Note well that we must hear Jesus speak if we expect him to hear us speak. If we have no ear for Christ, he will have no ear for us. Wow, you read that statement, it's pretty telling. Do I have an ear for Jesus? If I have an ear for Jesus, he has an ear for me because it, it sounds like we're purposing to align our lives with the will of the Father through his word, through the counsel of scripture, through the Holy Spirit. And God listens to us and he listens well. Priscilla Shire uh, she's a great Bible study teacher. Her dad's just a little bit famous. His name's Tony Evans. And her little brother was on this show, The Voice. You might have seen it a, a season or so ago. But Priscilla is a, an amazing Bible teacher, gifted in her own right. I, I rank her up there with Beth Moore my own, as I read some of her stuff and I see it. And I like what she says. She goes, lean your elbows on heaven's windowsill to commune with the Lord. Or Satan will be thrilled about all the other options you choose. TV, magazines, cell phone, media. 
but just lean up on heaven's seal. You know, in this series, you'd, you'd be remiss if you didn't go, he's really trying to get us to slow down, to quieten ourselves, to be still, and to hear the voice of the Almighty. Oh, that, that great thunder of God. He certainly has the ability to thunder his voice anytime he wants to. But he also has that small, quiet voice that we talked about weeks ago, about the whisper from above. In 1 Samuel, though, I, I just want you to stand for the reading of God's word this morning because we want to bring honor to our king. So let's, let's stand together, and I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. You know, for 30, well, probably 28, 29 years, I read almost exclusively from the NIV. That's what I memorized in. But I've just, I've, I've just fallen in love with the New Living Translation. So some of you are like, you've gone out and bought it. I just, I just, how about this? I just love the Word of God. How about you, church? Just, I just want you reading the Bible. I mean, there's some churches, and they want to fight over the New King James and the Old King James and the New Century Edition and New American Standard and the Amplified and the, and the New Costco coming this fall. They, they don't have one. I mean, people just want to fight. I don't want to fight. I just want to get people in God's Word. The first Bible your pastor ever read was the Living Bible. It was a paraphrase at best, but I tell you what, God used that book to change my life. Amen? I love to read the contemporary idiom, the, the message. It's powerful, but I love God's Word. But, but listen to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Listen to God's Word as we get there together. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. And one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. And then the Lord called out again, and Samuel... And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Sounds like you mama's telling your boys, just go back to bed. Little girl, go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before in verse 8. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up. And where did he go? He went, up, he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord he was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called us before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, Speak, your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family from beginning to end. And I've warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God, and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Folks, this is a word of judgment. This is harsh. And Samuel stayed in the bed until morning. Then he got up. He opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. But Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son. Here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. Now, that's, that's a pretty strong word from a prophet. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. It is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. And everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. And all Israel from Dan in the north to Bathsheba in the south knew that Samuel was confirmed as a prophet of the Lord. 
And the Lord continued to appear at Shiloh and gave messages to Samuel there at the tabernacle. And Samuel's words went out to all the people of Israel. God, bless your word and give us a word in season and out of season. You can be seated. Now, that passage, you're like, wow, pastor, that's, that's a great word from God. It's just filled with possibilities of faith for us, and it tells us things that we need to do. But you got to remember, Eli is there. He, he's a man of God, and he, and he works in the temple, in the tabernacle. He has a, a, a prominent position, and he has a couple boys. And can I just tell you, his boys are sorry. Can you say the word sorry with me? Sorry. Can you say the word lazy? They're sorry, lazy, undisciplined. The word of God says they blaspheme God. They went against him. There's a great parenting principle. I'm not going to talk about parenting today, but let me tell you, from this verse right here, it lets me know that parents, this ain't even in my notes. You're just getting this free because I'm fired up in the Holy Spirit. Right now, parents have a responsibility to love and nurture and to raise up and to discipline their kids in Jesus Christ. And the church said, and if you don't, judgment could come. In, in this case, it was horrible judgment. It was death. But let's move to the, through the text. So this lazy, indifferent, it's just, it's just a tough situation. But it demonstrates that a godly life can develop in spite of ungodly situations and circumstances. Eli was a holy man. He had unruly, unholy boys. And there's a little boy. His name's Samuel. And he grows up in the temple with these unruly boys. He got to watch their behavior, if you will. The absence of God's words was a sign of God's judgment. The Bible says the word of God was rare in those days. It came very seldom. We see between Malachi and Matthew, there's a 400-year break. There's a 400 years of silence. God just stopped talking to the people. In this section here, God didn't talk much. You know why God didn't talk? You're saying, he didn't have much to say. I don't think so. Why do you think God didn't talk? It's because of, why? They weren't listening, and they blasphemed, and they were living in sin and rebellion. And God's like, I keep trying to tell y'all, you're not listening to me. But they're, you know, and today, there seems to be an absence of God's word. A lot of preachers don't preach God's word. We need to proclaim God's word. It's the only thing we've got that's eternal. It's flawless. But there's also, a lot of times, there aren't people that listen. They don't take it to heart. But this story, it occurs when Samuel, he went to the temple at the age of three. I love his mom. We named our daughter after her. Her name is Hannah. You had a 50% chance. You could have said Rachel. I said wrong. You said Hannah. That's right. It's Hannah. And Hannah prayed because she was barren. She prayed for a child. And God gave her a child beautiful boy. Many of you got beautiful kids this year, and some of you got some last year. Some of you got 20 years ago. Some of you said, man, I got one 50 years ago, or 60 years ago, or however, you know. St. John's here. He got some a long time ago. Okay, anyway, so here it is. So, but Samuel here, he's 12 or 13 years old, and he's living in the temple. He's a servant. He's an apprentice of Eli, the priest. And Eli's really kind of an aged old man here, and he has a lot of wisdom, but he has these unruly sons. But Samuel is a worshiper. His mom, because she had cried out to the Lord and God heard her prayer and gave her a child, she goes, I will give him to the Lord. And at three years of age, y'all, guys, we just blow through this. At three years of age, she brought him to the temple and she presented it to the Lord and she gave him to Eli to raise her son. Whoa. Do you think this mama was dedicated? 
This mama was selfless. This mama was sacrificial. This mama was a servant. This mama was a prayer warrior. And yet, do you think she knew about the disobedient sons? I bet she did. But she trusted God. And she trusted Eli. So I think I don't want to just totally crush Eli. I think he did some right things. And he was a holy man. And they grew up there in the house. And she entrusted him to Eli. So here's this little boy in the temple. And yet, at the age of 12, you know, we got a lot of things on our mind. But yet, here, God's saying, I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak audibly to my boy Samuel. And that's where we read this story about he, he doesn't understand the verse. Matter of fact, I would underline in your Bible verse 9 right now. It's one of my favorite passages in all of God's Word. I, I write it. I meditate on it. I pray it. I say it. I preach it. I pray it. I believe it. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, it's easy just to say those words. It's another thing to do it. The Bible says don't be a mere hearer of the word, but be a doer. Be a doer. So here's what he's saying here. So he kept him through the night. And yet, do you know the Bible says that Samuel was in the temple and he was close to the ark of the covenant. He was close to the presence of God. And yet in this story we see that Eli said, boy, go back to bed. You know, we, we just see the short account here, illuminated, inspired by the Holy Spirit, I'm sure it was, you know, had to be totally interesting to be there. And he goes, hey, well, I didn't call you. Okay, and he kept on three times. And finally, the fourth time, he realizes, hey, God's speaking to him. But he had never heard the voice of God. He had a mentor. His mentor was Eli. And he had learned about the tabernacle and the things that went on in the tabernacle. And he learned about sacrifices. And he learned about prayer. I mean, it was a lot of great things. So he, he hung out here at the temple. And I just got to thinking about that. He, he had not yet recognized the voice of God. You know, for us, have you learned the voice of God? Have, have you learned to, to tune in, to hear his voice? Now, it's not a mysterious voice. It's not a voice that we can't hear. We just have to train ourselves. And, and at this time, basically, not a lot of people are hearing God. So it's not like Samuel had a lot of people go up and say, hey, you heard God. What did God sound like? But he's there in the temple, and, and the word was rare. And I was thinking about all the things that God did, but his mom, boy, his mom knew God. And she cried out to Jehovah, and she'd had the inability to produce children, and then God heard that fervent, consistent pattern of prayer, and God gave her a child. What a great thing. But what does God say here to her? He, he tells Samuel, Samuel, I've got a tough word for you. And I, you're going to have to declare death. You're going to have to declare judgment. And when I read that, I go, I go, wow. Look, look, I want you to look down there in chapter 3. And I want you to move down to uh, verse 11. And then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel, a perplexing thing, a, a, a tough thing. And then you move on down to ver verse 15. Says, and he was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him. He didn't want to tell Eli. Eli was a trusted friend. Eli was his mentor. Eli was like his dad in a way. He, he had raised him there. And look, look down at verse 18. I don't want you to miss verse 18. This is, this is a powerful verse. So Samuel told Eli everything. He didn't hold anything back. He told him everything. I think he told him in love. I think he told him in compassion. I think he told him in fear. I think he told him in reverence of God, how great God was. And, and he told him that, you know, your sons have blasphemed God. Your sons have been disobedient. Eli, you haven't done what God instructed you to do. You haven't really fulfilled the law here. So judgment's coming. It's going to be a, it's going to be a tough thing for him. And, and yet he's, he's faithful. And 
And Eli will, will share with me everything you said. Don't, don't withhold anything. I was just thinking about us practically. Sometimes we have to share something with somebody close to us. And if we're honest, sometimes, has anybody ever held a little bit back besides me? Hello, come on now. Has anybody ever held something a little bit back? You're saying, heck no, brother. I got verbal vomit. I'll just throw it all up on you. Well, some people have that curse, okay? And then some people have a word. They have something to give from God, and they give a word in season, out of season, and it's, and it's right and fitting because the Lord has moved. But sometimes we're like, well, but I don't want to tell you that because that's not going to be popular. Let me tell you, sometimes I'm not popular. And I used to have this thing, I want to be liked and loved by everybody. Oh, for years, I had thousands that just love Keith. Oh, my goodness. Nobody argue with me. Nobody fuss with me. And then I walked in this new office of senior pastor. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know when I put on the T-shirt what happened. Then people decided they don't like me. Already this morning, somebody said, do you know so-and-so doesn't like you? And used to, I would get so depressed, and I'd walk off this stuff. Oh, man, they don't like me. Oh, yeah, yeah. And now I'm just like, it hurts. I don't slough it off. Staff will tell you, I'm grieved when people don't like me. But I've decided I'm going to go with God's word that I am popular opinion. How about you? And you just got to tell some people sometimes when it's hard. So church, I'm just encouraging us to stir up holy boldness and tell people the hard things sometimes. It brings honor to Jesus. You say, well, I could just sugarcoat it, Pastor. I could be really nice. I could just stroke their shoulder and give them a little kiss on the cheek and I could just woke up. Yeah, you can let them go straight to hell. You could just let them walk in sin. You can let their life fall apart. You're just getting free stuff here today, man. I'm so just, feel, I, all right, God. So this, this boy, Samuel, is born to a barren mom, and, and great things are going to happen here. I just want you to write a little thing here before we read it to the meat of this outline. Silence asked me to close my mouth in order that I might open my heart. Silence asks me and you to close our mouth. That the greater thing might be done that I open my heart to him. In prayer time, Peter Lord stood on this stage, one of the great spokesmen for the church. I love Peter Lord. And Peter kept hammering, prayer is more about listening than it is talking to God. And he kept hammering, and I kept going, man, get a new line. And what I didn't realize, that of all the two times we had him in a kingdom conference here, that is the thing I remember more about him than all the great teaching he did, is about listening to the voice of God. That I have to prepare myself. Because when we listen, here, here, here'd be a prayer to add on to it. Jesus, help me learn to focus, that I can listen to your voice. In the, in the New Testament, some 15 times, the Word of God basically says, He who has ears... Let him what? It didn't say let him talk. He who has him ears, let him speak much. It says he who has ears, let him hear. And I'm, you know, you've heard this. We got one mouth and we got how many ears? Uh, that's not a trick question, okay? Two. Two ears. If you got one ear, you know, you probably surgically something happened to you. Okay, but most of us got two. I think everybody I looked at this morning had two ears. Isn't that good? And everybody I looked at, acts like they got more than one mouth, some of us, but anyway, right, here we go. So understand the essence here of what's being said. God, I'm going to give you a, a passage here. Turn over to, uh, will you turn over to Psalm 19 with me? As I was studying, ran across this passage. I just, I, I just love it. In Psalm 19, 1 through 4, it just says this in the Word of God. The heavens proclaim 
the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth. In the words to all the world, God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. See, even right there, in all his majesty and all his power and all his glory, God is speaking. Philip Yancey, you, you might have read him, what's so amazing about grace, a great writer. He said this, and I, I want to quote him. I know the Lord is speaking to me when I stop listening to sounds from the world that feed my sense of pride and ambition. Instead, I fall quiet. I tune into God's great world around me and actively listen. Sometimes nature speaks, telling me of his majesty and glory. Sometimes God's word speaks, reminding me of what God wants me to know. And sometimes the spirit speaks, awakening my conscience, reminding me of my failures, stirring my compassion and my sense of justice, aligning me with God's will. I cannot, listen, I cannot control the voice of God or how it comes. I can only control my ears, my readiness to listen, but my quickness to respond. Isn't that a great line? I can't control the voices in my world. I can't control the voice of the Almighty, but I can control what my ears hear, and I can learn to tune in to the frequency of God. We've been talking about that a lot. Hopefully that's speaking to you. Psalm 62, 11, God has spoken plainly, and I've heard it many times, said the psalmist. The psalmist knew God. The psalmist loved God. The psalmist feared God. The psalmist loved the commands of God and just hung in there and just fought for what God's truth was and believed God's truth and, and carried it throughout their life. And yet, I want you to see this outline. Look at the first point. Choose to trust the voice of God. You can trust the voice of your friends. You can trust the voice of the world. You can trust the... The, the, the voice of the enemy, but trust the voice of God. I'll go back to the story. Samuel was raised in the temple. He hung out in the synagogue. It's not a bad place for you and I to think about. It's not bad for us to hang around the house of God, is it, church? When we hang around the voice of the church, when we hang around the church, when we hang out around temple, that'd be a great thing. We call this place temple now. When we hang out there, it's a great place to hear God. And it's not the only place. I, I think he speaks clearly in, in our cars. I think he speaks in the shower. I think he speaks at home. James 4, 8 says, come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. You're double-minded, but draw near. Come near to God. So God, all through his words, just trying to get us to come near to him and realize, God, I have the authority of my parents to live under, and that's, that's godly, and that's good. And I have the authority of teachers and coaches and all these people in my life, and that's good. But ultimately, I have to live under the authority of the Lord God Almighty. I have to live and listen to his word. So we choose to trust the voice of God. Look at point A. And in that, we have aggressive listening. There's no time for passivity. We have to, Lord, I want to be like Samuel. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. I'm trying to tune into your voice. Lord, you got my attention. Lord, I'm going to look out. I've tuned in. Lord, eliminate the noise around me. Look at B. You have to have a solid grasp of the basics. Around this church and women's groups and men's groups and couples groups and on this platform and all array of venues, we get to surround and learn about the basics of faith. 
There, there are a lot of discipleship things going on around here in our community. I want you to learn. We've got to say, God, I've got to love your word. Hebrews 5.12 says, In fact, though, by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. In other words, they're not growing up in their salvation. They're just on the milk of the word. And here's the thing. The milk of the word... My granddaughter, she, she's on milk. All these young babies around, they're on milk, and that's awesome. I mean, there's no way. They, they can't eat steak. They can't eat beef. They can't even eat Chick-fil-A yet. They can't even go to Moe's yet. You know what I'm saying? But they will in time. Right now, they've got to have milk. And there are a lot of Christians that are like, I'm just staying on milk. It's time to grow up, and the church said. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to grow up. So I'm like, well, I just want to be an infant. It's not cute when you're 30 years old. It's not cute when you're 50. It's not even cute when you're 18. You're acting like, I'm, I'm a toddler. Okay, all right, let's, let's go on. Lord, look at the C. Commitment to obedience. Oh, I could preach on this for days and I won't, but obedience, the prerequisite to experiencing God is always obedience. God wants us to obey him. In Psalm, I'm turning over here. We were in Psalm 19. Let's turn over to 119. Can you just turn over some pages? Psalm 119. All right, I love hearing those pages. I think God does too. It's his favorite sound. I don't think it's his favorite sound, but anyway. Somebody goes, that's God's favorite sound? What verse is that? First Keith 2 6. Okay, here we go. I'm not adding to God's word. In other words, I made that up. Okay, here we go. Psalm 119, 60. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. Is, is that the desire of your heart? God, I will hurry. Quickly, I will put myself into position to hear your word, and I will obey your commands. I love your commands. I treasure them in my heart. I want to be a doer. Look at point two. It's not easily to recognize his voice immediately. That's what we learned from Samuel. Samuel kept thinking it was Eli. Eli's like, no, boy, go back to bed. I think God's talking to you. Go in there and tell him, here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servants listening. It's not that it's hard but it's sometimes it doesn't come immediate that we learn the voice of God. So what do we need? I want you to fill it in. Select a spiritual coach to help you. Some of you, or all of us, we just need coaches in our life. Right now there's a big thing called life coaching and halftime. I met with a guy the other day. He asked me to be a spiritual coach. And he'd already hired a financial coach. And he got all these coaches in his life. And all I'm saying to you, I don't care if you're 6 or 16 or 66 or whatever, you need coaches in your life, and the church said. And you, you invite them because they are a little farther down the road. They, they have a little more wisdom there, and don't dismiss them. And I just ask a question, who is providing spiritual guidance and mentoring in your life on a one-on-one or one-on-two basis? Who's your spiritual sounding board, and have you drawn near who is your confidant? Who is that spiritual man or woman that comes along and they go, no, I don't think that's God's voice. And they begin to show and reason with you from Scripture and from their walk of faith. Where they go, yeah, I think God is speaking. Listen again. It's just great that we live in community. Look at point B. Pick one that listens. And pick one that encourages you. Now, you don't want to just have a person, all they do is talk, they never listen to you because you got questions. So pick somebody that will listen as we learn to listen to him. But also pick one that will be full of affirmation and encouragement for your soul. And, and they want to mentor. They want to get you down the path of faith. And, and the, the point C is, see that they're battle-tested. See that they got scars. You see, here's the deal. I've been a pastor 31 years. And I got a lot of scars. And I hadn't enjoyed any of them. I can show you the scar on my leg with 135 stitches when I was 9 years old. It is a nasty-looking scar to this day. 
But I've got a lot greater scars than my physical score. I've got scars in my heart and my spirit because I've been wounded. But I'm a wounded healer. Thanks be to God. And many of you are wounded, and you've got something. When you're battle-tested, how many of you believe when there's a battle and you get beat up and you come out of it, you got more to share? But who would choose to go, oh, I'm just ready to get the snot knocked out of me. Let's go do it. I'm sorry, girls, I shouldn't have said that. that was ugly, but anyway, okay. But battle-tested, wow. I, I believe we're in a battle. All right, some of y'all thought, there's no way our pastors will get to that outline. Have y'all not learned? I have learned how to land a plane around here. Okay, let's keep going. And some of you are so glad. We're trying to keep our children's ministry workers on the team. Okay, all right, here's point C. Repetition helps us to hear. When I say things over and over, it's because it's for a reason. When God says it in his word, it's eternal, and he wants us to hear. So repetition is good. And even in this story, he keeps speaking, and the boy doesn't hear him. And I, how many of you are glad that God just said, I called the boy twice. I ain't calling him no more. Matter of fact, this just came to me. You mamas, have you ever called your child, your son or daughter, and said, okay, go wash your hands, we're going to eat. Hey, go wash your hands. We're going to eat. Hey, go wash your hands. We're going to eat. And here's what a wise mama doing. Going to put it in the garbage right now. You ain't coming. Forget it. Kitchen's closed. Everybody's in the, in the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? It's amazing, man. You're like, man, how do you get this stuff? It just comes from God. All right, just share. All right, look at the fourth one. His voice is always reliable. You know how I got that point? I just read it right here in the Word of God as I was studying this week. Verse 19. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him. And everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. They, God's Word is always trustworthy. It's always reliable. And it drowns out the voice of the enemy. And, and all this busyness and all this craziness comes in our life. And God wants us to tune into Him. So the voice of God is clear. It's still it's loving, it's compassionate, it's righteous, it's holy. We tune in to the voice. I want to quote Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels is the founder of Willow Creek. We're part of his association, the Willow Creek Association. I have a huge indebtedness. When I saw Willow Creek in about 1990 and I saw what I thought church could be like, it gave me a picture of the kind of church we're in. And he had memorized this when he was a second grader. I've read it many times over the year, and I want to close with it today. Oh, give me Samuel's ear, an open ear, O Lord, alive and quick to hear each whisper of thy word, like him to answer to thy call and to obey thee first of all. God, give us ears like Samuel. Give us courage to respond. Let's pray together. Lord, we are so grateful for the written word of God, for the Holy Spirit, for our blessed Savior, Hosanna, in the highest, the Lord Jesus. We're grateful for his life. We're grateful for this week as he went to the cross via the Della Rosa. But we're so grateful that next Sunday's coming, the resurrection, as we celebrate the power of our God. Lord, give us ears to hear and a heart that would be tender and feet that would respond and walk after the call of the Almighty. Speak, Lord, for your kids are listening. We love you, the Lord Jesus.